Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. And joining me is host of P.S. I Love You, XOXO, a.k.a. host of WWE's This Is Awesome, New a.k.a. Episode New episode Friday. WWE superstar, Greg Miller. Hello, Blessing. How are you? Thank Doing you. good, Greg. How's Thank it going you. with you? It's great. I'm happy to be here. A lovely Wednesday. A lovely Wednesday. Reviewing Dead Space this afternoon, posting tomorrow. Oh, how's it going? That. I can't, Blink twice I can't, I can't, I'm not if gonna. it's Game of the Year 2023. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> blink I once if it's terrible. Blink. I won't blink this entire show. <laughs> I, need, I need some good news because looking through our news stories, the Bleak News Day. We had Bleak News Day on Friday, and yeah. we salvaged it a little bit toward the end there with a yeah. really great um, uh, audience-submitted question. I need some news. I need some good news from you to start off this episode. It could be good news. It could just I'm, be good vibes. could be whatever. I I'm need excited to go to the Royal energy. Rumble. I'm going to San Antonio for the first time this weekend to do some WWE work. Excited oh, for that. Oh, hell yeah. First episode of This Is Awesome in the stu- our studio, The Spare Bedroom, is uh, posting on Friday on WWE Network and Peacock. It's you know quite the step up from the spare, my spare bedroom, my basement, I guess. How, is, how does it feel to actually be able to do a big production like that from The Spare Bedroom? Because, of course, we've oh, done awesome. the kind of funny stuff, but being able to do something for a different network probably hits different. Oh, for sure. Of course, that and just getting to use it and flex the muscle, right, of like what this space can actually do. Uh, you you know better than anybody with the blessing show going to use the video floor and stuff like that. But that was my first time using the video floor when we recorded the stuff for this show. And it was uh, trying to learn to walk again after sitting for so long, staring at the camera two inches from your face. The ability to move and do all this and like actually use the space around me was very, very different. It, yeah. it, it, it reminded me when you got on there how tall you were. Sure. Because obviously like blessing, the lights are cutting into my head. Yeah. yeah like blessing and I have uh, been using the, the video floor and stuff. And we're, I would say, average height uh, guys above average. Uh, yeah. Average height above average guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and seeing you on there, just how tall and like the natural light uh, uh, preset that we have is hitting your chest instead of your head. It was yeah. very funny. Yeah. I, I will say I've done... I've recorded the second episode of The Blessing Show for the year. Sure. Right? I did that yesterday with Roger and Barrett. And let me tell you, I can't wait for y'all to see Dude, this episode. I, it, I think it's going to be one of the best things that we've ever put out. Same. I'm, I'm very excited about it. I don't want to tease what the episode is yet. I want to wait till we get closer. Maybe surprise people. Who knows? Um, but I think for me, the thing that I, the realization I had yesterday was with teleprompter reading specifically is the fact that, one, it is such a practice to like get the size right and the speed right, especially when you don't have somebody manning the teleprompter for you where I'm like, man, my eyesight fucking sucks. Let me turn this bigger. Oh, now it's going too fast. Like managing all that stuff was one thing, but then also doing the recording the blessing show yesterday made me want to go home and just like do the practicing practices oh, sure. of like, I don't know if you've seen the TikTok trends before where people will like, yep, be newsroom news, people. New, yeah. Can you do the newscaster teleprompter? Thing exactly. Like, can you keep up with the teleprompter? Uh, as I was doing yesterday, I was like, yo, I just want to sit down and just fucking master teleprompting. Cause it's really fun, but also it, it is a skill the that problem, you underestimate. That, the, you know, it's like anything else and everybody, sorry, we're having guests over and I'm trying to place an advanced lunch order. And of course I'm like, I had it down to the wire. You're, play, you're, you're playing it loose with the card you got in your hand there on camera. Uh, okay. All 
Arc, Arc, I agree. We've paid a lot of money for these cameras. You're not catching the credit card numbers that are tilted to the side from that far away. Who knows? I mean, and these if are high quality are, cameras. If you are hackers, you've earned it. <laughs> Enjoy it. That's Nick Scarpino's problem. If somebody <laughs> that hacks the account, not me. No, uh, it, 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 I always talk about it when people want to talk about podcasting. You know, oh, I want to do what you do one day. And I'm always like, well, are you doing it now? Well, no. But I'm like, oh, you got to get out there. It's a muscle. You got to learn to flex it. You got to go. You got your, your podcast, when you start them, will be terrible for the longest time, right? Mm hmm. Teleprompting is the same thing, and it's a far different skill set than what we do every day, where it is to sit there and read and make it natural and then, like, draw out the word because you're a little bit ahead of it, so you yep. got to wait for the Just next thing to get there. emphasize certain words yeah, real hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a definitive skill. Yeah. And I, I for me, it hit when I did the Disney Marvel Showcase thing yep. where, you know, that was a full, full day of shooting. They wanted a bunch of different takes with a bunch of different lines for all these different reasons, and I don't think I'd ever been – as tired as I was toward the end of that day yep. where it start it started at like 9 a.m. went until five of me just standing in front of a green screen delivering these lines for the full day and then me finishing being like thanks guys this is awesome me sitting in my uber and then just deflation and like nodding <laughs> off and me on the way to the airport being like yo I just need to get on this plane so I can pass out on this plane that, that was my day yesterday like it, yesterday wasn't as intense as uh, that big production but even just Setting for the blessing show and all that stuff, and like uh, recording all that. I think I think I passed out at like nine last night, and I think I slept for ten hours. Those are the best though. When you sleep, yeah. when you get, actually go to sleep early, and you wake yeah. up and you're refreshed, or you're extra tired because <laughs> yeah. you overslept. Yeah. It's one or That's the other. Exactly always what it was. Uh, enough about our sleeping habits. Let's talk about today's stories, which include more games media layoffs, no morality in Hogwarts Legacy, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and Fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content like what like uh, what is all that? <laughs> I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't starting to throw like uh, kind of feudy, yeah. our, our uh, the the quiz show we do every every week that I host with you, uh, Andy and Tim. Also, like the shit list, a show that y'all should check out because I think it's one of the best uh, Patreon shows we do. It's at least one of the funnest to record because that, of course, is me and Tim. I go online, I find a top ten list, I bring it back to Tim and Barrett, and we go through and we judge the list based on how good is this top ten list. Nothing Nikki like talking shit about your peers out there. They exactly. And that's why it's on Patreon. <laughs> Listen, if you want to be mad content. at us, Mitchell Saltzman, pay the money and come find us. Was out. there a particular episode where I realized maybe we have too much power with the shit list? Yes, absolutely. There was, there was one episode we recorded a few months ago that I think was just me and Barrett where we went through the list and we were like, yo, this list is trash. They don't even understand the premise of their own list. And... What uh, the next day? A couple of days later, no, the list it was, was changed. Four hours later. Oh, four hours later, updated. the list was updated with a completely different list. And me and Barry were like, "Ah, oh, shit, was this us? Did we do?" Was this? there an apology like at the top of it? Like no. edit editors, no. We listened to kind of. They changed it, and I, I they acted like nothing happened. We listened to shit list, and we apologized. I think the list was top ten rpgs on playstation or something like that and sure. like yeah. the list was filled with non-rpg games me and Barry were like okay what's, what's going on here what's going on here to infinite i don't even know if it was to infinite it was yeah, one of I those 
Jared Petty's big pockets for Twinfinite. Exactly. Housekeeping for you. Xbox developer underscore direct live reactions are happening later today at noon I Pacific time. I love that you continue to pronounce the underscore. That makes me so happy. I mean, they got they put they it in. They wrote it. It's there on purpose. Yeah, they, it's, it's part of the branding. Uh, that's happening at noon Pacific time right here on YouTube.com slash games and Twitch.tv slash games. You can join Mike, Andy, and Paris as they react and follow the show with an X-Cast breaking down what they just saw. That X-Cast will also be live for yeah. all you guys watching uh, the showcase live with them. So look forward to that. I'm very excited for that. How excited are you for that? I know we're not watching it live, but... Because we, we have a competing appointment, not because yes. we're just like st- sitting it out. Like, we're protesting <laughs> this. Fuck you, Phil Spencer. Uh, excitement isn't the right word. I'm anticipating it. I want to know what Redfall's date is. I want to play Redfall. Like, I'm excited for that. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see what they put out here. I'm looking forward to it when we're done with our appointments and, and, and stuff today to go then be like, all right, cool. What did I miss? What? Let's watch the de- developers jump into it and stuff like that. But I'm, yeah. I, I, I think Redfall is going to be my jam, and I'm very excited for that to play with the Jabroni boys and hang out and have that kind of thing. Uh, so I'm excited to see more and find out when that's coming. Yeah, um, I'm 1,000% with you. Where like I'm excited to get more info on Redfall. I'm also excited to see what the format of this thing is because sure. they've talked about it, but it's a different thing actually watching it and seeing their vision for it. Is this more of an intimate inside Xbox? Is this like the E3 thing that Paris hosted for Xbox? Is this like a Nintendo Direct, right? Like, are we going to get tidbits of other other things? We talked about yesterday the leaked Ghostwire or um, Ghostwire Tokyo Studio game that um, uh, that seemingly is upcoming, right? Like, are we going to see hints of that of, the, of no. that game? I think they're going to play this very by the book. I think what they told you what they, they're going to talk about, and they're going to talk about yeah. those things. And uh, yeah, the best the silver lining really is that since Paris is on our live reacts, it means he didn't host this, and so I'm glad to see Xbox finally move on from him. <laughs> Jesus you know Christ. what I mean? Because I'm not going to say when Paris talks about your game it's a curse but cyberpunk mm. halo infinite mm. all these other xbox games he promoted and talked about and they didn't even come out you know what i mean i mean i feel like you talked a lot about microsoft flight simulator and i think that did pretty well right yeah, that was a good game <laughs> just fucking roll with the bit <laughs> <laughs> more for housekeeping uh also our dead space review is posting this thursday at 8 a.m pacific time you can write in to kindoffunny.com slash gamescast for a chance to get your question read on the show thank you to our patreon producer delaney twining today we're brought to you by the kind of funny patreon but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Damn it. Starting with our number one. <laughs> I don't know if this one I appreciate that Barrett came out, tinkered with that one, went back, and hit the button. Just this one works. <laughs> just to see. Just I hear you. I appreciate it. Test it out. I appreciate it. You're a good producer, Barrett. Story number one. Washington Post is shutting down its gaming section. This is Brendan Sinclair at GamesIndustry.biz. The Washington Post is making a round of layoffs and cutting its video game label Launcher in the process, according to Axios media, media reporter Sarah Fisher. Fisher posted to her Twitter account a memo Washington Post executive editor Sally Busby sent to, to staff today saying that the outlet is laying off 20 people from the newsroom and will not fill an additional 30 open positions that had been listed. While the memo does not mention Launcher, Fisher cited two sources with saying the, po- the post is sunsetting both the gaming label and Kids Post, a section written for students in grades 2 through 7. The post introduced Launcher in 2019, billing it as, quote, a dedicated section that aims to recalibrate the conversation with classically trained journalists who are raised on games, end quote. Gaming media has been hit by numerous layoffs in recent months, with IGN, Polygon, GameByte, Game Informer, Future, FanByte, Vice, and G4 all seeing cuts since last July, with G4 being shut down entirely uh, less than a year after its relaunch. Most recently, 
Last last week saw layoffs at GameSpot and Giant Bomb with another round of cuts at Polygon Parent Vox Media. Greg Miller, I don't think I don't know if you've been on any of the episodes where we've got where we've talked about the uh, games media uh, layoffs. Where's your head been the last couple of weeks seeing all this go down? Oh, I mean, you know, it's terrible, terrible. It's awful. Um, it's not what you want to see. It's not what you uh, uh, want to hear, uh, especially for us having uh, friends and knowing some of these people, whether it just be through Twitter contact or some people we've met at a E3 or a summer game festival like that. But in general, like when it hits so close to home and it hits so often right now, IGN, IGN, Polygon, GameVite, Game Informer, Future, FanBite, Vice, G4, Washington Post, GameSpot, Giant Bomb, Polygon, Parent, Vox Media. Like, that's an outrageous amount to all be happening uh, within these last few months. And it doesn't smell, I think, spell doom and gloom for our side of the industry, but it is, you know, the trickle-down effect of a, a recession, of people getting uh, tight with spending, of advertisers trying to make their buck go farther and spend less right now and do a bunch of different things. And it of course is always the downside that we talk about of having a parent company and having a, a big boss. You know what I mean? I, 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 have talked about this, I think in a Greg way uh, in the past few weeks, but I, yeah, this your point. I don't think we've talked about it here. So I want to be very cl- careful and clear that I am not trying to pander, nor am I trying to, uh, take a shot at anybody but what i think is very clear and what's important is the fact that by no means are we safe from ever having to let go of SAF for money or whatever but the fact that we get to be fully independent because of the support we get on patreon because of the support we get on twitch because of the support you get on you you know all the different ways you can support kind of funny even if it is just watching something and this is not an ad for kind of funny i swear for you to come support us that is what keeps us independent and keeps us theoretically knock on glass out of this situation because mm. what this situation routinely is is there is a parent company there are ceos there's this executive suite that is trying to figure out okay we're going into something bad here we're already seeing readership dips we're already seeing ad dips where do we tighten the belt and so it's you know again for it to be the washington post talking about eliminating multiple things right it's not just they came for launcher all 20 layoffs are from launcher right it's 20 people from the newsroom and not filling 30 open positions like that is both i'm sure a we need to do this right now because of what we're seeing and then also to protect the future and stuff like that from their perspectives now of course we can get into a whole thing i know when this happens especially as much as it's been happening in our sector there's a big spin up on twitter of everybody being like Remember, layoffs are never needed. They're a failure of leadership and da-da-da-da-da. I understand that argument. I'm not, I'm not trying to counter that argument I'm, or anything to that effect. But this, again, is the argument against having a corporate overlord and having these people up there that then come in and are like, well, we need to eliminate 10% because we're trying to do with this, because we're trying to do that. You see great stuff and great people like that fall to the wayside. And so it is this tumultuous time right now that I think we are seeing in so visibly – and so hearing so loudly on our side, both because it's the people who talk about your video games and then the people who make your video games, right? As you see the tech sector uh, really taking it on the layoffs where you're talking about Google, Facebook, et cetera, right? Twitter. Xbox, yeah. Exactly, Xbox. And what I've been finding comfort in to some degree, uh, the podcast I listen to outside of the gaming space from NPR or whatever is like, you know, usually the conversation is there's all these layoffs happening in tech. Is that a sign for the rest of America? And usually what I hear is no tech is actually a very small percent. There are like two jobs for every one person out there looking for it yet in, in the world in, or in America. Right. So it's not that like everything's falling apart. It's just that again, 
games and what we do, enthusiast press, are all this entertainment stuff, right? It is this idea that the reason you see, I mean, big companies who make your game starting to make changes is that they're seeing consumer spending start to change or they're worried that consumer spending is about to change. Uh, again, if you're going into a recession, where do you start to put your money? Where do you want to start doing? Are you spending less? Are you spending more? Da, da, da. And then to get to the corporate side of, okay, well, who owns IGN, GameSpot, blah, 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 blah. They're doing the same thing of like, well, again, like I, I said this before and I swear I'm this is me trying to give you a window into our side of the industry, but again, not using it at all to try to ask you to do something. You can see what's happening on a larger scale with the granular sense of kind of funny. And what I mean by that is, who's been sponsoring the podcast the past few weeks? Patreon.com slash kind of funny because it's kind of feudy because it's, uh, hey, let's do one for the next gen podcast. That's because we don't have a sponsor those weeks, which is not doom and gloom. We are doing fine. Kind of funny is doing well, again, because we have Patreon, again, because we have Twitch, because we have such a supportive audience that will go buy uh, shirts and do all sorts of stuff. And again... You know, you look at something where it's like the Washington Post, uh, Vox Media, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like a huge thing that has a way bigger budget and a way bigger profit loss margin than what Kind of Funny does, right? We're able to understand what we've done and where we're going to do things and how it's going. But to dial it back to what I'm trying to make my point is that advertisers right now in the podcast space are being like, oof, pump the brakes here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you've been a Kind of Funny listener for a long time, I assume. You've probably heard the podcast that had three ads in them every week for six months, right? Like that was a very big boom time right there where there was money in this. And then you come here and it's like, well, now we're not, now it's, you know, here and there we're getting them. And then it's also the thing of like, um, uh, shoot, I don't want to talk out of turn. Freshly, right? Freshly who sponsored us for the longest time that, and I, that I love so much and use so much with uh, gender during the pandemic. I bought my dad one, get an email from them out of the, the blue. And what does it say? Y'all, hey, we're going out of business. <laughs> we're right. January's our final delivery date. We're done. And it's like, Whoa, you guys were just sponsoring us like six, seven months ago, right? And that's the kind of thing you're in right now where as the world has tried to, I don't want to say, as the world has come back from COVID Mm. and we started to find a new rhythm, right? Like when everybody was home and listening to stuff and playing video games and it was, it was invest all this money in that kind of space. And this is a bigger conversation. I'm kind of just rambling and I'm not an economist by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just telling you what I've heard and what I'm personally seeing and stuff like that Mm -hmm. in terms of a grander scale. So to get back to your question of like, what is all this? Like, this is all heartbreaking. You know what I mean? Like I, especially for you and me, right? Because it is that idea of like, I lived through IGN layoffs. I remember being devastated saying goodbye to my friends. And I also remember being afraid of losing my dream job. And I was not the outlier. Everyone who just lost their job at all these different sites and uh, in publications and dot coms we just listed, chances are this was their dream job. And so it's heartbreaking then for me as a now old timer here, right, about to celebrate 16 years in the industry to see these people getting laid off. And I hope it's just a knee jerk in the moment thing, but getting laid off, being on Twitter and being like, I think I'm going to leave games media. Like this is not sustainable. This is not tenable. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me so much to go back to an old uh, Damon Hatfield jam uh, that he used to say on GameScoop. And I'm talking, he used to say this on GameScoop like 2008, right? But he, was, he would say like, think of it this way. There are more working rock stars right now than there are games journalists or whatever you want to call this. Mm. Like there, there are more people who are like Taylor Swift's and everybody at the Grammys and this, that, and the other that, that, that are living their dream on such a grand scale than are the people who just want to review video games and talk about video games and make a living. And that was again, nearly two decades ago. And so, yeah, it's like you feast new famine in this industry of where it goes. And to see again, back to the real story you're talking about here, when the Washington post launched launcher, 
it's the cynicism in me, but I was like, well, that's not going to last. But it's just because I've seen so many of these happen before. I've seen so many mainstream outlets, mainstream businesses start their own dot coms, poach a bunch of talent, bring people in, have this all happen. Poach sounds dirty, but you know, bring, yeah. you give them promotions and give them, a, you know what I mean? And then have it, what happens? It is a hard business. It is not necessarily a super successful business. Hey, yo, kind of funny is super successful by kind of funny standards, by what 11 people who have a shared dream of doing awesome shit is. I'm sure if another, if Coca-Cola was like, we want to buy, what, this, is all, this is all the money you guys make? No, you're, you're nothing. You're small fish. You know what I mean? Which works for us. It keeps us going. It keeps everybody entertained. But you look at a bigger corporation, a bigger thing buying that, they want a big return on their investment. And so journalism in general, which again, when I was getting my degree in journalism at Mizzou from 2001 to 2005, like I knew I wasn't going to make money. And I knew that it was a, a hard business to keep a job in. And so to, you know, see that come in and see mainstream stuff, uh, people bring in talented video game writers, like, it's such a weird thing of like, oh, how much that work and will it do? And then it's the thing too of like, okay, the post has killed Launcher, but Gene Park is still there and a couple other people who were doing Launcher work are still there. Hmm. That gets interesting for me because I, and this is maybe, this is a total Greg perspective, not anything, anything else. I don't personally like when the post and i'm just using them obviously because they're the news today we're taking video games seriously we're starting launcher it's like oh like if i was in that spot i would much rather be hi i'm greg miller and i cover video games for the washington post yeah. i'm a washington post reporter it's why i think it's so awesome to see uh jason schreier at bloomberg jason schreier is at bloomberg he is the bloomberg he is a bloomberg reporter he is he does other stuff with the bloomberg he yes he his beat is video games that is his beat like mine was general assignment right like when I, I was a general assignment reporter but i wasn't in the hey go to the gen general wacky pages and that's where you'll find me and three other people bringing you the general wacky story like that's that's not how i like to see it envisioned i like to see that it's part of a newsroom team it's a thing and again is this the first step of moving away from that da, da, da. you know this is also hilariously yesterday this all happens at the same time the new york times put out that thing where it was like until a few years ago video games were just for kids yeah. but now they're a billion dollars it's like oh, like what year is it yeah. what year like, there's is a better it? way to do this especially if you're if you're a bigger outlet yeah and so you know there's a lot here and it hits so close to home for me on so many levels of you know being a trained journalist uh, having worked in a newsroom obviously doing this and this being my life and my passion running a business and yada 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 like there's so much of me in my literal industry tied up in this that I could go on and on. And I'm sorry that I've ranted so much. And I don't know mm -hmm. if I actually answered your question. But it is that thing of overall, it's heartbreaking. And I would rather see the post and anybody else who wants to take games seriously just hire gaming reporters and put them on your team. Yeah, one thousand percent. And you and, and you answered my my question above and beyond what I was even looking for. Right? We're like, it's oh, bad. <laughs> it's, it's There's bad. like an alternate it's reality bad. where I just click. Blessing will remember that. Yeah, and and that's my thing, right? Like one of the things you mentioned is how uh, just disheartening it is, right? To see to see all these outlets, right, with with people that are working their dream job, right, get laid off, yep. and a lot of people just get very. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Um, uh, I guess it's disheartened, right? Like, sure. get discouraged about seeing their coworkers laid off, right? There are so many people I follow on Twitter, pretty much anybody I follow on Twitter that works in games media, that in some way through the butterfly effect of how every how everything is so intimate in games, right? And how everything is so, like, everybody knows everybody to where these layoffs have affected everybody, right? Like, you're, talk you're talking about how this is close to home. Literally, like, my roommate <laughs> got, got laid yeah. off from Fanbyte uh, yeah. a couple weeks ago, right? And going through the list of, you know, 
IGN. I was an IGN listener. You you literally worked at IGN. Polygon. I grew, I grew up reading so much uh, Polygon. Game Informer. I literally had owned Game Informer magazines, right? The list goes on in terms of, again, Fanbyte. My roommate worked there. G4. I, if not for G4, I don't know if I would be doing Kind of Funny because that was my first uh, exposure to anything close to games media, yeah. right? Like, these are so many outlets that I have a connection to or I look up to in uh, in different sort, sorts of ways. And to see each and every one of these outlets suffer from either layoffs or getting closed down or having some sort of macro issue in terms of their talent having to get laid off, right? It sucks. And it is, I understand anybody in games media that is like, damn, this might not be for me anymore because I feel like everybody feels like they have a target on their head, right? Like it it could happen in any This could all go away tomorrow. Exactly. 100%. And so it's super scary. I do want to bring in a question from Charlie who writes in economyfunny.com slash KFGD and says this. Hey, y'all. All these layoffs in games media are terrifying. I've been working in the space for about three years now and haven't really seen widespread firings even close to the scale or breadth. Obviously, some of this comes from broader economic circumstances, but at the end of the day, some of these companies are still making these choices even after a profitable year. How do we, as creators, writers, and producers, make this a more secure industry to work in? P.S. It was great meeting you both at the Game Awards. And it's an, it's an interesting question. I think you touched on it a little bit in terms of why kind of funny works as an independent entity versus a lot of other uh, outlets that are owned by a corporate overlord. I think it really is from the audience level. You got to support the people that are, that are out there, right? There are so many people I'm sure that are be- being laid off right now that are going to go on to start the, um, uh, I forget the tip jar uh, sites that people will put out there so you can give them like a dollar. Oh, the coffee thing. Yeah. yeah like yeah. who are putting up the coffees or, or, or doing those obviously. sites or patrons that could use your support. And, that audience support goes a long way, especially compared to something like an, a corporate over, over, overlord having to, to oversee everything you're doing, right, in terms of your pay. Uh, on the audience level, support these individual creators that uh, that you whose work you love, right? Actually go after these creators and, and, and show them that love. But then on the worker side, like, I do think that, you know, having solidarity with your coworkers, unions, right, these things go a long way in terms of, trying to keep that safety, right? And trying to have at least some sort of barrier, some sort of um, route of communication to your to, to the actual company you work for, yeah. right? Like, I think finding those different ways in which you can protect yourself as a worker is going to go a long way. Yeah, union is, uh, unionization is the first step. The longer goal for, uh, you know, at least from my perspective, is restructuring our economic uh, structure. Uh, I know there's a better way to put that, but... That's pretty much the that's the hopefully the long term goal to protect workers and to protect people who are actually putting their you know putting in their nine to five for the short term. Uh, and I'm just this is not even an armchair quarterback in the situation. But to Charlie's question in terms of advice, how do we as creators, writers, producers make this a more secure industry to work in? Yes. Unionization. Yes. Talking uh, everything we just talked for long term, like we're talking about. Right. In the short term. And this might seem silly, but let me make the argument. And I could be wrong and you can. Obviously, you're free to always disagree with me. How do we make it more secure for creators, writers, and producers? Share the awesome shit. Share the awesome shit. Washington Post launched the Post launched the Post introduced Launcher in 2019, billing it as quote a dedicated section that aims to recalibrate the conversation with classically trained journalists who were raised on games. End quote. These layoffs happened yesterday. I see the tweet threads about all the amazing work going on. I see I. I, I I don't even I don't want to say names or even guess what the position was, but somebody who was on the launcher staff being like, and the real thing was the heartbreaker is we're not doing bad, we're doing well, we're doing these different things. I don't see this stuff shared. Did they 
create a dedicated section that re- recalibrated the conversation? I, I don't know. And I'm not, this isn't me taking shots at them, right? But what I'm saying here, and the argument I'm launching you into is, is this. Yesterday, Gene didn't get laid off. Gene Park is who I associate with Launcher. When, we, when I was at IGN, I didn't get laid off. Other people did while I was there. I'm not saying that it's because of stardom. I am saying it's something to do with being known, though. And I think that every fucking day on Twitter, Instagram, you name it, what gets shared by everyone, ourselves included, like our side of the industry included, is, oh, my fucking God, look at this dumb take. Oh, my God, look at this dumb clip. Oh, my God, look at the... It's never, hey, did you read this? You should have looked... Have you watched this video? Like, how hard is it? I mean, how proud of The Blessing Show are you? So mm-hmm. proud, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's a prestige project we all love. We think it's amazing. But, like, how hard is it to get people to click on that link? You know what I mean? And I get it because I do it the same thing where I bookmark something to come back to later. I'm busy. I'm not, I don't have headphones, yada, yada, yada. But it's that idea that... I don't see a network of support on the daily for our industry saying, hey, this is great. Hey, this review was awesome. You should go look at it. This might sound like peanuts, and it probably is. But what I'm saying is if you were seeing social media pres- uh, penetration, if you were seeing an uptick in views, if you were seeing more conversation, if it suddenly was becoming, man, person X at IGN does these fantastic video essays. Everyone talks about them. They're on Game Mess mornings. They're they are co-hosting Games Daily and stuff. Like, like They're coming on. They're promoting their things. They're doing this stuff. I think it would be a harder argument for that one position, which I know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, pulling freaking Superman here or trying to save one person and not the entire city or whatever. Like, it would be harder to eliminate that person. And so maybe, you know, to Charlie's question, what I'm giving is my idea of a playbook on how to try to protect yourself at a company but I think we could protect each other in the same way where it would be that I don't, I can't, I can't, am no longer, nor was I ever asked by Ziff Davis what they should do with their IGN staff. Right. Hmm. But if it can be this idea that, well, we need to eliminate 10% of well, you can't eliminate this person. Their videos do really well. They're associated with the site. It would be a big brouhaha. And this again, I know only protects the people you see in front of the camera or writing the articles. When, whenever this happens, right. There are layoffs at GameSpot giant, blah, 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 blah. Who is it? The majority of them, video producer, somebody in the back end, an engineer, all the stuff that like you aren't getting that thing. And I, I can only spoke, speak from my experience of talking about creators, writers, and producers. How do you make them invaluable? And that's the thing is you got to make yourself invaluable to these companies, which again, then you're into a conversation of work-life balance. Then you're into a conversation of crunch. Then you, I, I get all that, right? Like I personally understand how tough it is, right? Of like, if I was on the outside, and I'm launching this amazing video, this amazing thing, this amazing review. I would want to be like, oh, shoot, I should hit up all the podcasts I liked and try to get on there and try to talk to them and yada, 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 right? That works here, too. We're about to review Dead Space. I've hit up nobody to be like, hey, I'm reviewing mm. Dead Space. I should probably come on your content, right? You do a blessing show. I, I try to get you on podcasts. And when I say try to get you on podcasts, it's a bullet point in our weekly meeting that <laughs> you and I usually skate past because guess what? There are 15 other fucking fires to put out or things to talk about or things we're excited about. Like, it is a... Weird thing right now, and at the core of it, I guess, is just, I think, as an industry, both the people creating the content, the people consuming the content, you need to share what you love. We're so motivated to share what we hate, and I think it does not reflect well on us as gamers, and I also Mm -hmm. don't think it reflects well on the people who are making great stuff. I watched the G4 live stream when they launched it. I am close personal friends with Austin Creed, and beyond that, what did I, I saw a clip here and there. I know they did some arena show with other WWE superstars, but I never popped in, right? 
I know, you know, we know Danny so well, right? And I mean, Danny's an interesting one, right? Because you're talking about uh, Danny, formerly a G4, right? And Danny did the kids book, right? And was fucking everywhere because Danny is a fucking hustler and knows how to get it done, right? And it's that thing of, that is awesome and there needs to be more of that, but even that couldn't save G4, which is a different argument, a different conversation. But like, that's the whole thing of where we're at with all of this. It's so incredibly difficult to be like, oh, well, this would have done that. Especially when it comes down to, it's a person at the top. It's a person saying, we need to cut 10% of our workforce across everything. Where does that go? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking a lot about support today. <laughs> if you want to support us, remember, you can go to patreon.com slash games where you can go and you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsor. Yo, what's up? I'm Blessing, the host of Kinda Feudy, the show where I ask members of Kinda Funny to answer questions like, name a game where you can fight giant enemies. Name a type of animal you can play as in Diddy Kong Racing. Name a PlayStation character who you'd want on your pickup basketball team. <laughs> Name a game genre that Greg Miller refuses to play. Good Games is not on there, but it was written in quite a bit. And see how many audience members voted for that answer. And it usually makes them kind of mad. Red Faction is our 30 point oh, answer. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. That is our fourth most popular answer. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I'm still waiting for Bless to be like, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, you guys are so bad at this game. Catch up on the latest episodes right now, exclusively on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Story number two. Uh, there's a Hogwarts Legacy preview embargo that's gone up. And there's been one conversation that's kind of been dominating the social media space. Specifically, Fuck J.K. Rowling. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> let me say, there have been two conversations <laughs> that have been dominating the social media space. One of them is a J.K. Rowling conversation, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But then the other one is about the morality system or the lack of morality system oh. in Hogwarts Legacy. Story number two, Hogwarts Legacy doesn't care if you use unforgivable curses. This is Ethan Gotch at Kotaku. Warner Brothers' big Harry Potter game is just around the corner, and is continuing to sound very weird in some very specific ways. According to a new developer interview, Hogwarts Legacy won't judge you if you want to do some crimes, whether, whether that's blowing people up or going full Voldemort and deploying a bevy of unforgivable curses. A bunch of previews for the game dropped today ahead of its February 10th launch, and one over at GamesRadar discussed the game's amorality at some length. Editor-in-Chief Sam Loveridge described a section of the game where you can choose to take on dragon poachers via stealth or straight offense, one in which she accidentally launched an explosive barrel into the enemy camp, blowing them up along with a nearby bridge. This conventional, quote, play it your way, end quote, approach will apparently include a few consequences, however. Or sorry, will apparently include few consequences, however. Quote, it was important for us to give players who sought out to be dark, a dark witch or wizard an opportunity to do so. Uh, lead designer Kelly Murphy told Games Radar. They continue, quote, This is the ultimate embodiment of role-playing, allowing the player to be evil. Additionally, this was important because it comes from a place of non-judgment by the game's creators. If you want to be evil, be evil, end quote. This, this extends to J.K. Rowling. No, this extends, <laughs> <laughs> this extends even to the game's unforgivable curses, which in the strict morality system of the Harry Potter books warrant life sentences in prison. On the few occasions when the titular hero uses them, it's generally portrayed as a last resort and a breach of ethical boundaries. That was apparently too puritanical for Hogwarts Legacy. Quote, characters will react visually and audibly to, see to seeing the player cast an unforgivable, but we don't have a morality system that punishes them for doing so. This would be too judgmental on the game, on the game maker's part, Murphy told GamesRadar. Quote, but should the player continue these actions, the world will ref reflect back knowledge of them. End quote. Greg, how do you feel about the lack of a morality system for Hogwarts Legacy? 
as someone who hasn't paid much attention to it and isn't a Harry Potter fan, well, you know, I like I like Harry Potter at the base level, whatever. The mm. movies were fun. Uh that seems like a big missed opportunity, right? Like I think of Kotor, or even, you know, well, I guess in Swotor you make the ch- or sweater, you make the choice right away. But let's just talk about Kotor, right? Where it was like, are you going to the light side or the dark side? And there was the meter tracking it, and it was, you know, you got different abilities, even infamous, right? Of you know, getting a different power set where you went for it. I would think that I understand it's a video game, so you gotta like we're gonna bend the rules here and let you do what you wanna do, but so I would I would get let you out of the unforgivable curses thing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, mm-hmm. abracadabra. What is the what's what what Adabra, kills, Adabra or something kills? like that? Baron. Avada Kedavra. Avada Kedavra. <laughs> you, know, you, you cast that on him or whatever. And then it's like, what, you, th- 30 people see you? Like, ah, oh, fuck. Avada Kedavra. Avada Kedavra. I gotta kill you all. I gotta call you. you know I, mean? I think it'd be cool to see the, you know, swing one way or the other and have that. Like, it says uh, the world will reflect back knowledge of them. It'd be cooler if it was like, hey, you're going towards the Voldemort side or whatever. Is he, they don't know him yet, do they, in this game? No. No, no. Tom Riddle hasn't. Put his semen in the book and in the cloak and all those other shit. Exactly what happened. Yeah. Is that the name of the actor that did Voldemort? No, that, that no, was that's the, his real name. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> he had a name that wasn't Voldemort. Oh, I know. I know some Harry Potter stuff up oh, here. Yeah. Don't you worry about. It. I, I reviewed a Harry Potter game once or twice. Goddamn. Uh, so it's like okay. I mean, it's like you know, I I agree that if you want to be an evil wizard, go be an evil wizard. It's, I think it actually sounds cool when they're like to be a dark witch or wizard. I'm like, fuck, that does sound kind of neat. That sounds neat. But I'd rather it be like the game was kind of like, yo. You're getting all pale and you're wearing a lot of goth stuff. What's up, Wednesday? You know what I mean? I, I, I don't want that to be acknowledged. I think it'd be cool that way. Yeah. I'm, I'm, kind of a, I'm of a similar mind, right? For me, it takes me back to, uh, there was a Starfield preview uh, conversation, actually. It was between Todd Howard and some of the other creators, and they were talking about some of the factions, and how you can side with some of the factions and not side with some of the factions, and that, in turn, will affect some of your, your morality. But in the way that they presented it, right, they made it sound like if you, if you go against sort of the authoritarian like cop faction that might reflect badly on your character and i remember hearing that and being like oh i do not like that right and i don't yeah. know how that's changed or if, if um they've corrected that since then right but that was one where you know a, a lot of this is going to come down on how does the actual product speak when it's out right when it's in my hands does it make sense when i get there and i'm like oh are okay you I see. am i enjoying it am i seeing the actual explanation for it in the actual game itself like that's kind of where i'm at with this where you know they're t- they're they're talking about uh, uh, about all this stuff. At reading it, I'm like, oh man, I I kind of I I like morality systems, especially when it is a thing of hey, you can go through and be an asshole and kill people and torture people and do all this shit. Yeah, ding me for it. Like that it's, in a Harry Potter game. Yeah, like do that. Make people stay away. Like I, and yeah. I, again, we're talking about something that you know is I don't know how many hours this our open world RPG is going to be right. But you figure like so maybe this is something that you gloss over real quick. It's just a suspension of disbelief kind of thing. I mean like. How many times have we seen Spider-Man knock a dude off the building or Batman clearly break somebody's neck and we're like, ah, eh, they're fine. You know? yeah. Batman just knocks the guy out, but he goes face down hey, in a pool of water. Weather, weather Shadows is cool, we're man. Like, yeah, that's got don't morality. fucking start yeah. with Weather Shadows right now. Uh, so maybe it's just like something in the moment you won't have a big thing, but it sounds mm-hmm. just more like a missed opportunity where, again, yeah. like if I was the Dark Wizard and I was walking through the halls and like people got out of my way or just the Slytherin kids came over to hang out with me, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's neat. Yeah. But I don't actually know what the game is like moment to moment. Now, that part of the story is more of a 2A, right? That preview um, um, uh, from Kotaku. 2A? 2A, right? There is a 2B. Okay. Um, shout out to Nier Automata. Uh, there's an IGN interview, um, or at least a, a snippet from an IGN interview uh, talking to some of the people that worked on Hogwarts Legacy, talking about uh, some of the J.K. Rowling stuff and their reaction to it that I want to I, I bring in here as story 2B. Uh, they're talking to Alan Tu, the game's director, uh, and they basically asked him, like, you know, how are you guys? How, how do you guys tackle the J- the J.K. Rowling stuff? Uh, Alan Tu responds, "Quote: 
I think for us, there are challenges in every game we've worked on. This game has been no different. When we bumped into those challenges, we went back and refocused on the stuff that we really care about. We know our fans fell in love with the Wizarding World, and we believe they fell in love with it for the right reasons, he said. Quote, we know, that's, we know that's a diverse audience. For us, it's making sure that the audience who always dreamed of having this game uh, had the opportunity to feel welcomed back, that they have a home here, home here, and that it's a good place to tell their story, end quote. Uh, two, stopped short of mentioning J.K. Rowling by name, nor did he say anything specific about trans issues or trans rights. I asked him a second question, if he himself ever had any second thoughts about working on this IP after Rowling's biases made headlines, and after a pause, two reiterated his earlier statement, quote, uh, that the team the team made Hogwarts Legacy for everyone. And so another interesting tidbit in this brand conversation about playing Hogwarts Legacy, the JK Rowling of it and how she's a transphobe and how that affects a lot of people's opinions uh, going, going into this game. Uh, we're in an interesting place, right? Because now we're approaching it. We're waiting on uh, review codes. There's a question here from Squid in Space who writes in economyfunny.com slash KHD, just like you can, and says this. With all the outrage across TikTok and Twitter about Hogwarts Legacy, I was wondering if you guys will be reviewing it or will be trying it out. Thank you for your time. It's been, I feel like, a minute since we've had a sit-down conversation about Hogwarts Legacy to, like, update people on where we're at. I don't think we've ever had a, let's have a sit-down conversation about Hogwarts Legacy. Where where are you at with this, right? Specifically with Squid and Space's question about whether or not we're reviewing it or we'll be trying it out. Sure. Uh, It's an ongoing conversation. And I think, as with anything else at Kind of Funny, for any video game review, it comes down to... Are you, the kind of funny audience, interested in Are we interested in it? Because when, when those two line up, that's when we make content, right? Like That's how we treat every review. We are kind of funny. We do not review every game that comes down the pipe. Uh, but so then we're into this place with this one of like, okay, well, chat, do you want us to... I look over the chat. Do you want to go do it? Do you want to see us talk about it? Do you want to see us play it? And again, like I think also the fact of... And I know this gets lost. We're kind of funny. Uh, we are the wokest motherfuckers on the internet, right? Trans lives matter. J.K. Rowling fucking sucks. Uh, the things she talks about are abhorrent, and I can't believe that she is still has a platform and all these other things that are going on for it. However, we're also kind of funny, and so we say that, and we support that, and we do charities for that, and I'd imagine if we do go down the path of reviewing this, we will have a charity bug on there and a whole bunch of stuff that goes on, and we will talk about, again, this very, probably at the very top, because guess what? We, number three is in a very similar vein as we want to talk about Justin Roiland leaving Squanch. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. The, the, what makes kind of funny uh, work, what makes us special, is our ability to wear our hearts and opinions on our sleeves and have an honest conversation with you, no matter what we do. No matter what we do. This conversation right here is inspiring angry YouTube comments. It is inspiring angry tweets at me and yada, yada, yada. As I've said before, if you're one of those people, I don't give a flying fuck about your opinion. It doesn't matter to me. I don't worry about you. I worry about the kind of funny audience and what they want from us. And so it is this thing of, this is a big game. This is one of WB's biggest games of the year. It is an open world, you know, go be a wizard game or whatever. That appeals to my interest in terms of the games I kind of play, right? Obviously, uh, J.K. Rowling's opinions do not. And I don't want to ever think that us supporting this game would be supporting that. But then even in that same conversation, us supporting the game isn't that. Us reviewing the game, which is our job, is us doing it. But we don't review every game, so we could. But is this? But is The long and short of it is if there's an interest from the audience and there's an interest from us as reviewers, then yes, we will. It all shakes out of review season of when you get the code, what else are you working on? What are your priorities? Where are we going with it? Um, Again, it is a huge story. It is a huge game. It is a thing of... The usual, it's a, a, of course a situation that's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Of course. Where I think, you know, 
does us skipping the game, not reviewing the game, and I and I say skipping the game, not reviewing the game, as if we're taking a principled stand, which we yeah. could be, but it also is just like we skip a lot of games. Oh yeah, exactly. Are any of us? Like, the I didn't biggest play Harry- for spoken. All right, you missed out, brother. <laughs> <laughs> are any of us the biggest Harry Potter fan? Blah, blah, blah. So if we skip it and just let it go by, are we wasting a chance for us to also say? with a video that would get a lot of views from a lot of looky-loos that aren't our normal audience. Yo, we're reviewing this game and fuck JK Rowling. We support trans people. We want you to, too. Here's a great charity to go do it. And now we're going to talk about the game, but remember that this fucking sucks and it sucks there. And also, as I always talk about, remember hundreds of fucking people worked on this game and poured their hearts and their souls and their hours and stayed away from their families and crunched probably until, and they aren't transphobes. They were just trying to make something really fucking cool, and it sucks that the figurehead of the entire IP is a, is a, is a horrible person, right? Or and so does it. So does does it make more power? For, is it more powerful for us to say that and use our platform and to champion trans rights and be like, "Yo, this sucks," but we're going to talk about this game, and it's up to you. We 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 acknowledge all that happens here. If, here's what if the game's good or not. Or does it make more sense for us to say nothing? Go on. But then, as much as I love everybody else, and I'm not even going to throw shade at anybody. Does a big .com website review do that like we do it? I doubt it, right? Mm. If they, even if they have a pull box on the side of like, yo, J.K. Rowling sucks. Like, we acknowledge that. Here's the review. They're not, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it for an hour and a half or whatever on a show. Or I'm sure multiple times we'd come back, of course, J.K. Rowling sucks. Support this trans charity, yada, da, da, da. I think that's more powerful personally. But I also don't want it to ever be that like conflated that us reviewing the game is ignoring trans uh, rights. But I think obviously the way we would review it and the way we would talk about it wouldn't do that. Yeah. So it's this push and pull. If I was a betting man, yes, we're going to review Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. I'm interested enough and I think the review schedule lines up that it's going to be there. But I also think that I'll make a big stink about it <laughs> and be like, yo, JK Rowling fucking sucks. This sucks. But, you know, it, it, this is a game made by a bunch of people who weren't necessarily like that. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole thing to dig into, right? And I think one of the things you mentioned is that we're – we're kind of funny, right? Which means multiple things. I think that also means that we're a bunch of individual people that have our own individual opinions about things, right? And like, I, the one thing that I like about working in kind of funny is that there is rarely like a, rarely a top-down mandate of like, hey, we're all boycotting this thing. We're all not playing this thing, right? I think I think there are certain things that we all stand by, right? And like, we would hope that we all stand by. I think one of those things is that transphobia is not cool, right? That trans lives matter, and that like, you know, we don't fuck with J.K. Rowling. I think that's something that all of us here can hold hands on. I assume I haven't gotten any person by person, but just assuming, right? I assume that all of us can hold, can hold hands on. I that. so want to just, I like, I want you to know, I went through the entire like uh, <laughs> Rolodex. Rolodex there of kind of funny people name, and I'm like, you know what? I probably shouldn't even jokingly attach anyone <laughs> to coming in here in like a wizard's outfit, be like, what? <laughs> like what? No man, just my, J.K. Rowling, my girl. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think for the most part we all align on that i think when it comes to playing hogwarts legacy i don't know if we all align right like i i i'm somebody who you know i don't want to give that game my money for just for the um the trickle down effect of trickle up effect i guess of like me giving the game my money and then the ip making money and then that goes that the end result of that ending up with money money in jk rowling's pockets of course jk rowling has a lot of money i'm sure my 60 dollars would be a wouldn't would 70 my $70, $70 wouldn't really mean mean much to her, right? But even still, I if I was in a situation where I had to buy the game, I probably wouldn't buy the game. And also, that kind of comes back to me being a very light uh, Harry Potter fan growing up, right? I am not a hardcore Harry Potter person, nor have I ever been a very hardcore Harry Potter person. Um, but like I, that, for me, that's one aspect of it, right? For me, another aspect of it is like is when it comes to the studio stuff of even the stu- like the. The studio is separate from J.K. Rowling, right? Like it's not yeah, their fault of, of 
uh, that J.K. Rowling wants to go out and say all this shit. That said, right, even within that conversation, there are multiple places we can go with it. They have uh, a character creation system in that game that allows for different options when it comes to um, creating your own character, giving them the certain pro pronouns you want, uh, maybe having them present male, but then you know ha having them go another way, right? Like you can get in there and get in, get in the nitty gritty and create characters that re reflect in ways that don't line up with, with what uh, J with J.K. Rowling's beliefs, right? And I think that's cool. The other half of it though is that I, I going through the quote of the IGN article in the interview, I don't like that they stray away from ever saying the words trans lives matter. And this is a kind of funny.com slash you're wrong thing, right? Is there any point in which the Hogwarts legacy studio or anybody from that, the, any, anybody higher up in that studio has come out and been like, no, we believe in trans, trans people. We support trans people. Have they ever said that explicitly? Cause reading through and then being like, you know, Hey man, we have a diverse audience. Like we want people to play. For me, that's not enough. Right? That, that's corporate lawyer speak right there. And that that's, is that's corporate the lawyer problem. speak. I'm this sure is that's back to story it, number one of it, you said you go high up and you go up and it's Warner Brothers who's like coming in and be like, yeah. cool, you guys have worked on this game for a year and a half and we're gonna put you in front of the microphone and this yeah. is how you you are media trained. The the pause in there that the IGN uh, art, I'm sorry, the IGN uh, reporter got when he when they I asked the question, I'm not sure who wrote it, sorry, mm -hmm. uh, and got a pause. That wasn't the person really thinking through what they were about to say in terms of like I wanna I wanna be poignant. It was I have to say the corporate line, and here's the corporate line. Yeah, You're and right. I understand that. Uh, for me, that's still not enough. Oh, right? dude. Oh, don't get me wrong. And, like, and they're definitely put in a weird place because they are licensed to be working on this IP from J.K. Rowling. So if they actively take a stance against her views, right, then that becomes a money mess of this big uh, money maker for them, and like possibly jeopardizes that relationship, right? And mm -hmm. so they're put in this weird situation, which I don't agree with. I, th I think it sucks, but yeah. yeah. For me, it goes back to um, dude of the day a couple a couple days ago <laughs> that we just what we, <laughs> we, we started a new thing on kind of funny games daily, which is which is uh, dude of the day. And Brian Birmingham from um, uh, Activision Blizzard, he left okay. he left Activision Blizzard based off of a policy that they had, yeah. right? And like this is me saying that people need to uh, need to leave their jobs, but. I look at this, I look at the fact that, you know, the, the pause and saying the team made Hogwarts Legacy for everyone, right? And not being able to explicit, explicitly say, no, we believe in trans rights, we believe in tra trans people. For me, I'm like, yo, if that, was, if that was about race, if that was a black people thing, and I saw somebody pause and be like, nah, man, this game's for everybody, and, like, and it was about a black lives thing, the amount of offense I would have, like, mm -hmm. I would be fucking heated. And So that, this is an interesting yeah. experiment, because, again... I think the personal problem I have, and not, that, that isn't the right way to phrase this, not even the dilemma about this. Are you reviewing Hogwarts? Are you, I, I, yeah, I don't, I support, you know, trans people. I, I'm not a trans person. So as much as I can read or talk to people, I'll never truly understand the experience, right? And to the credit, I've seen so many different think pieces from trans uh, individuals who are like, play the game or don't play the game or whatever or understand if you're playing like there's so many things going on that it isn't just like there's even a this is what we're asking you to do as a community because of course that's fucking impossible i'm not asking for that i digress mm -hmm. not being trans and also not being a harry potter fan puts me in such a i, I don't my job would be to review the game but i want to support but I, is it really doing and blah, blah 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 i think it would be a different equation if it was for you it wasn't about trans lives it was about black lives mm -hmm. for me if it was a superman game you know what I mean? What if WB was finally making a Superman game? And I guess this is even harder because, of course, 
you know, uh, <laughs> the people who created Superman are long dead. So yeah. it's not like the creator of Superman's being like, yo, I, I, anything horrible. You know what I mean? Course, like, yeah. it's this fix. It's this weird. It's so hard to get into the Isn't, shoes and understand the art. Yeah, yeah, there's so much rain. There's so much levels of separation between JK, the studio, the Warner Brothers being above the studio that's dictating them saying these things below the studio. Right. Yeah. And then us as reviewers and us also as, as audience members. Right. This, is a, this has been a thing approaching this game where I've. I've not known where I'm going to land by the time this thing comes out. Like, I would like to review it, or I would like to at least check this game out for the sake of I play games for my job, and this looks like a game that I would play, that that I would want to play. On the other hand, right, like, if I didn't play this game, I feel like I'd be missing little because I'm not a Harry Potter person. But then also, I just don't, I I just don't, uh, I don't don't like how the the studio has been pulled back from talking about these things. Sure, muzzled. And muzzled, right, in, in a sense. And also, I just don't, I don't like J.K. Rowling. And so it's just, it's, it's a whole weird thing. To answer uh, the question from Squid in Space about, like, will we be reviewing it? Will we be trying it out? I still don't know if I'm going to be on the review, right? And maybe that comes down to how far I get in the game. Are you going to try it out? Yeah, I was going to say, you want to try it out? Yeah, there, right? I'm going to yeah. boot up the game. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, you think you're going to get the press start? You're like, no, oh, I can't. God damn it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I, mean, listen, I mean, listen, that happened for, for, for Spoken for me. Or I played the you demo. played the demo for I, Spoken. I played you the demo at that. least, but then I played 15 minutes, and I was like, I'm good. I think there's a bunch of different ways that we can do it and use our space and our platform to make sure we're like, yo, this fucking sucks. And here's a way to help. And here's a way to support. I think it's a super simple thing. And I know it's like, obviously not millions of dollars. I would say that we, if I'm pitching this to you and I'm sure Tim is not listening and I'll have to go pitch it to him. I would say all the money earned on that YouTube version, we donate to a charity as well, whatever charity we choose to put in and say, we're doing this, you know, blah, blah. And if you, and, the, and I, I, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of how like Gary with Chick-fil-A. I don't know if he still does, but in the old days, Gary used to be like, yeah, I love Chick-fil-A. So I'll go there, I'll eat there and then I'll double a pledge. I'll double a pledge to a LGBTQ organization or whatever. Right. And really fucking stick it to him that way. It's like, and that's the other thing too, is like, we need to move on to a story that is also not good. It's also not fun. But it's like, <laughs> guess what? At every fucking corporation, everything you go up, there's fucking douchebags or horrible people that you won't agree with that are making money off of you doing the thing. Again, they aren't necessarily the person who created it. <laughs> they aren't necessarily the person who like made the fucking thing you loved so much and had your Hogwarts-themed wedding about and all this other shit. Speaking of which, a person that did create a thing that a lot of people love so much. Story number three, Justin Roiland resigns as CEO of Squanch Games. This is Marie DeLaSandri at GamesIndustry.biz. Justin Roiland has resigned from his position as CEO of Squanch Games. In a tweet announcing the news, the High on Life studio said his resignation was received on January 16th. Squanch Games added that it will continue to support High on Life, which released on December 13th, 2022, and quote, keep developing games we know our fans will love, end quote. Justin Roiland is also the studio's co-founder. Earlier this month, he was charged with felony felony domestic battery with corporal injury and false imprisonment by menace, violence, fraud, and or deceit. The Rick and Morty creator has also been dropped by Adult Swim, the show's distributor. In a statement released yesterday, Senior VP of Communications, Marie Moore, said that Adult Swim had, quote, ended its association with Justin Roiland, end quote. Rick and Morty is, is due to continue, but talking to sources close to the matter, the Hollywood Reporter said that, that Roiland's voices are set to be recast. Another one, <laughs> Greg. I, I can't tell you how livid it all makes me. Mm. Uh, I just, and again, it's, it's, I guess, you know, uh, just how you're raised, where you do, I can't fathom how hard it is for people to be a good person. Like, it is not hard to be a good person and not 
be abusive and horrible. And I mean, and I know that like, you know, I, I've seen this go around. Uh, obviously, these are allegations. There has, you know, innocent to proven guilty. You want to do all that stuff. That, let's pull up the fucking DMs that no one's bothered to call. How hard is it to be a decent fucking person? It is not hard to not exert your will on someone, to not make, in, in, like, yeah, it's just, it's the most maddening thing in the world. I don't understand how people can think any of this would be okay, let alone to have the level of success Justin Roiland has had and be like, here's what I'm going to fucking do. And I, and I know that, like, don't get me wrong, I understand everybody's lives are hard. You know what I mean? I, I always go back to one time where you were the up-and-comer and you did, oh, we have cool friends with me. And at the end, I was like, do you have any questions? And you said, yeah, what's it like being Greg Miller? And I flubbed the answer. I don't remember. I gave no good answer. But I, the real question I should have asked you is, what do you think it is to be Greg Miller, right? Because now you work with me and hang out with me. And, like, you know, I'm just a person, right? Like, I don't know how successful or cool anybody thinks I am. I'm sure they don't. But, like, I go home and I got to fucking do the laundry. And I got to help, you know, get Ben changed. And I got, like, I'm worried about paying bills. And I'm worried, oh, my God, what's going on with the garage? Like, it's like, I understand that no, your level of success does not make you immune to being a human being but I don't understand how it doesn't help you not be a horrible fucking person. Yeah. And the fact that we continue to see this, it breaks my heart not to see fucking Justin Roiland throw away his reputation. Fuck him, the people he's hurting. And then again, to go back to it yesterday, uh, Squ let's we put them together. Squanch game statement and Rick and Morty, right? And when Rick and Morty got announced of like, Hey, he's gone. We're continuing voice recast. Everybody, and, I, and I'm not even, there was a big outcry of like, what the fuck? Just cancel the show. You know what I mean? Get over the show. It's, I think it was Adult Swim, you know, Rick and Morty or Adult Swim. One of the accounts put out another statement that was just like, the hundreds of people who work on this are, are going to keep working. And it's like, yeah. think about that, right? Again, how fucking stupid, arrogant, just what an asshole you must be to not only hurt a fucking person, to, to, to make an, other people on the internet be uncomfortable and say horrible fucking things on a DM, not understanding that they're going to screen cap this and use this against you, to then gamble the lives of hundreds of people, their livelihoods, the people who make Rick and Morty, the people who work at Squanch Games. And again, I think when you talk about, similar to how we're talking about uh, video games and what we do, right, the people out front, right? Like the voices of Rick and Morty, like, I don't know, I don't watch the show enough, but the other celebrities that are, Chris... Harmon, one of the guys from Dan SNL. Harmon. No, oh. no, there was a, it doesn't matter. Chris Parnell, Chris Parnell. <laughs> he's fine, I'm sure. He's not worried about losing his job. But the fucking animators, the producers, the writer, you know what I mean? Of like, course, yeah. And I don't know who writes it. So, but you know what I mean? As you go deeper and deeper into it. I mean, yeah. That's why I was glad to see Squan the part of Squanch Games saying, we're going to keep developing games we know our fans will love. Because there's another reality where it's like, well, Squanch Games is done from here because so much of Squanch Games is Justin Roiland, right? Like a lot of those games are just based off of him riffing and him yeah. voicing the main characters and him doing his improv and his vision, right? Like he was he was the lead there. He did he had so much of the creative input there. I love that there are, there's still a studio there that is gonna go, gonna go forward and possibly make either High on Life two or a different game and not have to worry about Justin Ro Justin Roiland and can you continue continue to exist, yeah. right? Like that's my big hope for Swanch Games is that after Justin Roiland they're able to continue to thrive and make make unique games because like i loved high on life as a unique funny like here's a different sort of game that is on the double a level but it's going to hit for an audience of people i really hope that squanch games is able to do that but i love it but i especially love that they're gonna have the opportunity to, to to try and do that i hope man i you know I, I hope that is the case and that continues on and that they're able to do it because it is one of those things of both 
reading the Rick and Morty's will will continue. More Rick and Morty. I was like, mm. will it though? And I know that they they've optioned what is it like three more seasons or something, yeah, something to go ridiculous. It's like I don't know. Like, will you withstand the backlash from that? And then Squanch Games, yeah. Like, how do you? You know, I feel you got to change your name. Probably you got to. You got to change going. a lot, probably. And you can't. I mean, you say hi in life too. No way. Mm-hmm. That's radioactive. All that's radioactive. Because again, like, it'll be these interviews with IGN of like, oh, cool, you're making high in life too. What was it like when you found out Justin Roiland did all? You know what I mean? How hard was it to bounce back from? And you're like, ugh, and like. Do a new IP and a new thing with a new person, a new writer, and then you're still going to get those questions. Yeah, and you'll still, it's been a troubling, it's been a trouble, it's been a, ro- a long road for these four years, you know, starting now to the next thing or whatever as you are. But like, even then, it's like, I'm saying that. Let's talk again about the dollars and cents of making video games, right? Like, who is financing that next game? Because that, again, they are a uh, maybe even a radioactive studio mm. of like, do you really come in and finance them knowing that's what's going to happen? Who, also, the guy who was the guy for the thing is gone. So it's like, no matter what you do, it's going to be compared to everything else. Oh, it wasn't as funny as High on Life. Oh, it wasn't this. Oh, they're really missing him. It sucks. He's a horrible person or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Allegedly. Uh, it, like, there's all these different things where it's like, if I was gung-ho about it, if, and I'm talking like, if I was like, if I'm Phil, if I'm over at Xbox and I'm Phil... It would be like, cool, dissolve it. We'll, we'll start a new studio with all of you. Come over here. Mm-hmm. Let's announce Squanch Games is done, but all of you come work for Xbox and you're going to be P2 Games. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, P2. I don't know. I got, I got, I got, we'll workshop the name. We'll, we'll workshop the name. You know what I mean? But it's like, again, you're gambling with people's fucking lives. 1, be a good person. It is not hard. Story number four. GoldenEye 007 comes to Switch Online and Xbox Game Pass this week. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. N64 Classic GoldenEye 007 will finally arrive on Nintendo Switch's online expansion pass and Xbox Game Pass on January 27th. Announced via Nintendo's YouTube channel and the Xbox Wire, the long-anticipated release date finally confirms when players can jump back into the role of James Bond, both in single-player and its beloved multiplayer. Those looking to play the game on Switch will need both Nintendo Switch Online and its expansion pass that adds the, the N64 digital library, while Xbox users will be able to download it for no additional cost via Xbox Game Pass. The two versions of the game aren't identical, however, as only the Switch version will include online multiplayer, the first time this feature has been officially available for the 26-year-old game. The Xbox version will be, will be a remastered edition that includes new control options, achievements, 16x9 resolution, and up to 4K Ultra HD resolution. Hell yeah. Yeah. Check this out. Yeah? Yeah. I, okay. like, I, mean, I, liked, um, I like GoldenEye, but I actually played more of uh, The World Is Not Enough, which was the, the blue cartridge yeah. on N64. Um, sadly, I didn't own GoldenEye, but I played the, the hell out of that, and I just have a, a lot of um, nostalgia when it comes to, to 007 games. So. I loved GoldenEye growing up. Uh, that was a big one for me and my friends in uh, high school, going back to Michael Bryant's house and playing GoldenEye. So I have lots of fond memories of it. I don't think I'll probably do too much with this. This strikes me as one of those ones I'd boot up, play for like, a couple matches but all right yeah. cool it, it'll be a fun stream if you know mike and andy get off their asses you know what i mean do something that's my thing is i <laughs> what the campaign in goldeneye i imagine it takes only a couple hours to get through i could see myself doing one campaign run through yeah, yeah and, that, and that being my time i just like even just like watching the trailer there of the the facility where you go through in the the bathroom and stuff and seeing the train sequence i'm like yeah i could i could play this again yeah even with that terrible control scheme I mean, that now it's on. Well. Now it's on the Xbox. Uh, now it's on Xbox. Yeah, yeah. I uh, might play the Xbox, uh, so version. fingers crossed, they got the controls figured out. Because yeah, that's, I think that's the <laughs> tough thing. Tough thing there. Story number five. 
What is Drinkbox cooking? I asked this question because yesterday uh, at Drinkbox Studios on Twitter tweeted out, we're hiring, a, for, we're hiring for a bunch of positions. A 3D character artist, a senior 3D environment artist, and a junior programmer. Uh, see job descriptions and apply here. Then they link the, the job listing website. I took notice of this, though. Oh, did you? Because of I took notice of <laughs> I this. Took notice because three. What do I artists? spy with my eagle eye? <laughs> the words three D. Am I am I crazy here in thinking that that's kind of wild for Drinkbox that they're working on a three D game or that's noteworthy? Didn't Severed have three uh, D assets, Greg? I wouldn't know. No. Well, I mean, like. Kind of. When you're saying 3D, you mean like moving in a 3D environment, 3D like space. rotate the camera around him is what you're saying, right? Yeah, that's what I'm envisioning. Maybe it is a severed thing, but also it could. Well, severed, I wouldn't even bring up. I would think even like nobody saves the world, right? Where you're moving the character around. Oh. I mean, granted, I mean, it's like, it's, you know, uh, uh, isometric or whatever, but like. Uh, to bring more info in, right? Like on there, I went to the se- the senior 3D environment artist page. Uh, they talk about um, responsibilities and they talk about. Um, concept art sketches into volumetric props architecture oh, vol- volumetric props yes. yeah yes. so volumetric for me implies like, yeah that, that would give it if andy wasn't sick we could ask him you know what i mean he was all about volumetric fog i just want to put that I on might put radar. that andy accent on there i'm just excited for gearbox doing talks. more i love gearbox Sever didn't click for me so I'm, I'm excited for something new or different or whatever the next nobody, saves the, sorry, nobody saves the world didn't click for me love sever sever's fired platinum Last news story, story number six. AEW Fight Forever's release date is reportedly in limbo due, Fuck. <laughs> due to ESRB rating issues. This is Jordan Midler at Fuck. Video Games Chronicle. AEW Fight Forever's release date is reportedly in limbo due to issues with the ESRB. Aren't, aren't you part of the ESRB? Aren't you the voice I'm just of the ESRB? their voice. I'm just their voice. So it's your fault. It's claimed that the upcoming All Elite Wrestling game no longer has a firm release date. Due to the game failing to acquire the ESRB rating that AEW and publisher THU Nordic had hoped for. According to wrestling, you get adults only. Like you're going <laughs> down on somebody in the ring. What the fuck's happening over there? <laughs> According to WrestleZone, citing sources close to the situation, it said the amount of blood and gore in the game prevented it from achieving nice. a teen rating on multiple attempts. Okay, nice. While it's unclear which issues the SRB has issues with, it should be noted that AEW often presents wrestling matches featuring significantly more blood and heightened violence than its rival WWE. It's possible that the virtual representation of this content has caused the game to fail to achieve the desired rating. AW Fight Forever's release date has been a constant unknown. In June last year, AW star Kenny Omega said he hoped that the game was on schedule to release for 2022. When this was clearly no longer possible, the game was then set for a release in February 2023. According to WrestleZone, the February, that February window now seems unlikely, and with WWE 2K23 planned for March, AW fans may be in for a longer wait for the company's debut game. Greg, how much does that hurt? Not that much. I, I, this is... A game I'm looking forward to because, of course, I want to see competition for 2K. Uh, I want to see what a modern No Mercy looks like and stuff like that. But I can wait. I, I also have my expectations set on this being a solid, and I hope I'm wrong, 7, 7.5. Seven, I think this is going to be a... I hope it's up there, honestly. <laughs> I hope this is going to be a building block game, right? Of like, here's what it is. It, it's like kind of like... It's, it reminds me, for my wrestling fans out there, probably I'm expecting what WWE's... Modern oh, so 2K23 is to uh, WWF WrestleMania 2000 on N64. Mm. What uh, AEW is to a uh, Hardcore Revolution ECW from Acclaim. You know what I mean? Like we were like, oh, I love ECW, so I'll play this game. But clearly we've moved on. I don't know. I'm hoping for a solid wrestling engine that's fun. Apparently a lot of blood, a lot of sex. Looking forward to that, <laughs> a lot of fucking in the I'm ring. Throwing, a lot of fucking in the <laughs> ring. I'm throwing that out there, Greg. Uh, but I'm ready for it. I, I wish it would come out. Of course, I can't ready to throw down. 
and go down in the ring. <laughs> AEW See, fight I can't forever. I was really struggling. I can't ready. I can't wait to get to play some AEW fight forever. Sure. But the release date is probably just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. I had the coffee at the beginning of the show and then yeah. the top three news stories just, just sailed by. Uh, yeah, I absolutely just destroyed the effects of the coffee. Out today, we got a Maiden Astrologer Divines the Future for PC, Clunky Hero for PC, Switch, PS4, PS5, and Xbox, and The Excavation of Hobbs Borrow for Switch. New days for you. Journey to the Savage Planet escapes Google Stadia and lands on PS5. <laughs> I like Xbox how they put, that, they put that there to be like, not so much that it's escaping a dead platform, but that's definitely what it sounds like. 1,000%. <laughs> uh, it's landing on PS5 and Xbox Series X on February 14th. And then Football Manager 2023 is coming to PS5 on February 1st. Greg, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can cor- correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Chris I writes in with a longer one for yesterday's Games Daily, actually. You guys sucked last yesterday. Yeah, yeah it man. We, it, was, it was all the law talk. So Chris I says, I'm a lawyer, and I wanted to clarify... I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I wanted to clarify something. There's no scarier way to start a sentence, by the way, by saying you're a lawyer. Uh, and I wanted to clarify something for you guys about the legal stuff from yesterday. Quote, Scope of their production in the Sony slash Microsoft story is another legal term, like quash, that actually means the scope of how much documentation Sony will be required to produce to the parties. In other words, uh, Microsoft and SIE are negotiating about how much information Sony is going to have to give over, uh, is going to have to give over to the parties, uh, being Microsoft, Activision, and the FTC. When you get blessed to lean in, you know this is fucking serious. Yeah, uh, for their legal case. While production schedules may be a part of it, I'd have to guess that the biggest request from Microsoft will be the terms of its ex- exclusivity agreements with entities like Square Enix. At least that's what I would do. We're either lawyer. Well, at least that's what I would do. We're either lawyer. This is all part of the discovery process, uh, which is what we in the legal field, even in my past life as a, pro- as a prosecutor, the process of exchanging information. There you go. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> this giant read. There you go. There you go. I got nothing to add to that. You got, sound too smart. And we will yeah, move I'm on. not going to argue with you there, Chris. You sound like you know what you're talking about. Ooh, let's see. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Nano says, how long to beat Clocks Goldeneye at 9.5 hours for a first playthrough? I don't believe that for a second. No? 9.5 hours? That was those dumb kids back in the day when Goldeneye first came out and we didn't know how to play video games. We know how to play video games now. We do know how to play video games now. I mean, I'm judging by how quickly I would get through The World Is Not Enough. Granted, I played World Is Not Enough like... 50 times all the way through because I just had fun replaying well, that game. This sounds like another speedrun stream. Have yeah. you speedrun for Goldeneye? Let's do it. If I can beat 9.5 hours, like, I get a fun trophy. Wow. Like, I make it for you? Well, I mean, I buy it. I'm not going to make the trophy. You can, yeah, you can buy it. Okay. I'll let you buy it. Thank you. Um, and I love then buying you things. Madognik96 says, when talking about Drinkbox, Greg said Gearbox a couple of times. Oh, my apologies. And that's it. They're Canadian, Canadian you know. Dot com slash you're wrong. Drinkboxes or Gearbox? Uh, nice try. Drink boxes. Oh, okay. Gearbox. Go, now, get out of here because I know that it was, Gearbox mainly based in Texas, but I think they got one up there now, too. I think they got it. Okay. I, I, I mean, I was, I, I was going to get Texas. those tax credits, let alone when the Embracer group's involved. Who knows? Do you ever think about it? The, the Embracer group is the Last of Us HBO fungus to the video game industry, where it's just everywhere. 
You, step, you step on Gearbox Austin. <laughs> over. All, all of a sudden, Crystal Dynamics is like, whoa, what's that? Whoa. <laughs> they rush over. <laughs> Spoiler this for episode two. Tomorrow's host for kind of winning games daily. That's exactly <laughs> how the infected got him. Whoa, 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 whoa. 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 What's happening over there? Man, oh, Shit, got a new fuck. Popeyes they built. Let's rush over. Uh, tomorrow's host. That's a reference to when they built a Popeyes in Champaign, Illinois. <laughs> and the whole town went crazy. <laughs> that Popeyes had lines for days. Uh, tomorrow's host for kind of funny games daily are going to be me. Were you in the Tim. line? No, I waited for it to okay. all blow over. Okay, I yeah. like that. I had to wait Worth a few weeks. Blow over. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was. The, it was the whole horde thing. Right? I hear you. I, hear I, don't, you. I can't be in the middle of the horde. Tomorrow's host are going to be me and Tim. Uh, Friday's host are going to be Tim and me. Of course, if you're watching this live, after this is Mike and Andy hanging out before we react live yeah, to the Xbox. Mike. It's going to be just Mike hanging out <laughs> before we react live to the Xbox developer underscore direct. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Remember, this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, game daily.